asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Joel, what's going on, buddy? Hello, friend. How you doing? I, man, I'm great. Okay, I was going to... What if I said, not so hot, man? I would have just kept on... <laughs> Uh, no, I wanted to share this little story with you because the weather has been getting a little bit warmer. And with the nicer weather, Kate and I have been outside. We've been walking more. Classic old folk sport. It's a, it's a good time for us to be active. Are you swinging your arms when you do it? No, we're not. We, <laughs> don't, we don't have the weights or anything like that. But we're being active. We're moving around, but just reconnecting. We've been doing this on Sundays. Get it's some, lovely. Let me get you some wrist weights. Get this, though. The other day, Kate and I were together, and I came across some cash in the streets. It was, it was a little rainy, so it was like wet like sopping wet i was like wait a minute is that money guess how much i found 42 dollars. no more 100, 142 over 100. it's the most money by far that i've ever found it was 190 dollars wow it was i couldn't believe it and i looked nobody was around so my question for you how much money is too much for you just <laughs> to pick up and say okay this is now my money okay where where did you find it was it in your neighborhood no it was just out on the street like literally in the gutter and obviously if it was in a wallet or something like that you've got an id right somewhere and a way to identify whose money this belongs to you but that wasn't the case oh yeah. I, I would pick it up because i would be well, i would be worried that it's going to go to what, what else is going to happen to it it's going to be mean, swimming with the turtles or something yeah <laughs> anyway i i couldn't believe it so i just wanted to wanted to share that with you and i was willing Maybe to pick I'd it post... up it was completely disgusting to go home washed it disinfected my hand as well but i was, I was gonna like, say maybe i'd post in the neighborhood facebook but then you get like 12 people saying that's my it money wasn't, it wasn't in the neighborhood okay yeah i was out on a main street anyway i wanted to yeah wanted to mention that drinks on me next time okay we, uh, we go grab good I, I could not believe it wow okay yeah. okay so um yeah i'm curious to know what you're going to do with your newfound <laughs> wealth uh but let's mention the topic that we're tackling in today's episode this is a bestie we're replaying it because we're in town for uh our kids are out of school we're doing some family stuff yeah. so no time to record a friday flight so we'll throw throw this episode on for you and this is i think a really good one matt you mentioned the weather's getting warmer uh spring's coming i'm ready for my cherry blossom to bloom in my front yard <laughs> and i think this episode it's basically a checklist of things that you should probably tackle from a financial perspective in the spring we're getting close to spring so we felt now was a good time to replay this one we hope you enjoy it and hope it's helpful 
Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. Today, we're discussing spring cleaning your finances like an adult. Like an adult. Did we? Did you almost say like a boss? <laughs> I didn't, but I should have. I think you felt the temptation <laughs> from 10 years ago saying, add like a boss on are, there. Are, are people still doing like hashtag adulting on stuff? I don't know. But <laughs> this, you know, truly what we're going to talk about today, like spring cleaning, everybody knows that you know, this is the time of year when you're going to start like is getting stuff in order, oh, absolutely. getting rid of some junk and, and, you know, cleaning your porch so that you get ready. And, you know, we're about to start getting loads of pollen on our porches here in Atlanta. But uh, this is a great time to get a handful of tasks done that isn't normally a part of kind of how you approach your personal finances. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's right, man. But first, you want to talk about the uh, the Grant Park Kids Business Fair? Yeah, let's do it. Kind of a random thing. Uh, so I sent that over to you recently and it's, it, you know, Grant Park, let's catch listeners up. That is uh, the neighborhood next door to ours uh, and they're hosting or over there. They're the going most to historic park in Atlanta, the oldest park in Atlanta. Right? Is it really? I think so. It's not the biggest. Like Piedmont Park is the most widely known, but I think Grant Park is the oldest. I got to think Piedmont Park was was older. That's really? like right there in the city. Right? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I, I, don't could, I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, but so basically it's this, it's this, it's like a craft fair where instead of adults selling stuff, selling their wares and goods, it's kids, uh, which is super cool, man. Kids, they have to put together a business plan. They come up with a product and they approach it from, from a very like startup mentality where they have to identify a product that's going to appeal to a wide audience. They have to identify their target market. All of these different concepts that go into creating your own business, uh, introducing those to kids at a young age. So, uh, is this something you thought about? Do you think uh, one of your kids might join the kids' business fair? Yeah, I think so, maybe. By the way, you never have to not know uh, the answer to something. I just looked it up. It is the oldest park in Atlanta, Grant Park. Oh, is, is it really? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think this kids' business fair. Is, I think my eight-year-old is going to participate. She, um, although it's super selective, and so they don't take everybody. I think there are a lot of applications. I, so. I, I saw that it's competitive. Like yeah. there's a limited number of. So we'll see if she gets in. But, <laughs> uh, but I love this concept, right? Because yeah, you and I, we we think it's always interesting when I hear people talk about, uh, especially like political candidates. Like I'm going to help create jobs, and one of the coolest things I think that, that we should kind of reframe is that people should think more about creating their own jobs. It's totally fine. Like I worked for nine to five for uh, other employers or even different hours for a lot of years, but I love the idea of teaching our kids that they can create their own work. <laughs> they can mm-hmm. they can start their own small business. They can do what they want to do. And I think you know starting them young. Th- this is open to as young as six years old. You can you know apply to have your own tent and sell your wares, whether it's a baked good or whether it's something you've homemade, some crafts, wh- whatever it is. AKA you can saddle your parents with all of the work to, <laughs> to create your baked goods and set up your tent. And <laughs> that is part of all, it. All of that. Parents have to get involved. That's for sure. But that's also just I think um, something good for us to do as parents to to help our kids to push them in that direction. To help them at least see that there is another way to do things. Like, what, what an eye-opening experience at the age of six, seven, eight to set up a tent and realize, dang, I just walked away with like 120 bucks uh, for all the stuff I worked hard for weeks to create, and now I I sold it and mm-hmm. I made money. And just to really formulate in their minds that idea that it's possible and they can do it. 
That's true. Yeah, I definitely love those ideas as well, but we're not doing it. So, <laughs> I mean, as <laughs> Too I look busy right now, yeah, I mean, as I look to the spring, I'm just like, okay, there's no. I don't think we have the the capacity. We don't have the uh, the room to you know bring that into our life right now. But if we, assuming we don't, though, we definitely will make it a point to at least attend because I think even just being exposed to that, yeah. even the kids seeing other kids doing this. A, it could encourage them to maybe want to do it next year, but just for them to see that kids are making different products. I think even that idea of seeing a variety of different kids and a variety of different ages, a variety of different businesses could potentially almost be as beneficial yeah. uh, for them just to for them to open their eyes to see the uh, the different possibilities e- out there. Even just that can provide a little spark. Yeah. And you know what? So I, th- I think two things. One, if there's like a kids business fair in your area, like look into it and see if there is one and join it if you can. If not, I don't know, think about about creating one for kids in the neighborhood and then um, just another option really is to just put a business in front of your house like a kid business whether it's lemonade stand or whatever your kid is into selling sounds like much less work for us but (laughs) also the ability for a kid to still learn some of the ins and outs of supply and demand and the different things that create a successful little corner business and you realize that like lemonade doesn't sell well in the middle of december but <laughs> but like you know in the middle of july a lot more people or even you know, in the spring yeah absolutely it's yeah. something that uh, that folks are willing to purchase but i am excited for the for the girls especially to show up with their own money because it's a lesson in spending as well not just in consuming but just like okay you've got you only have a certain amount of money like what if you're mm-hmm. going to spend anything like what are you going to spend it on i think there's important lessons there as well but yeah, we'll make sure then to, how much do you have to charge in order to make a profit because yeah. you've already like got some sunk costs over here it's just all, all that stuff all these lessons are good yeah. for for those yeah middle-aged kids totally. not the not the super young ones but the middle-aged kids i think yeah. it's it's great stuff for them yeah we'll link to that specific fair uh, in our show notes if you happen to be an Atlanta listener. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on this episode. I picked this one up at our local bottle shop. It is Saison DuPont. It is a classic Saison, um, Belgian-style farmhouse ale. It says right here, it's the world's most iconic Saison. Well, so, I think that's true. Got a lot to live up to. I'm not going to um, <laughs> deny their, their marketing is accurate. So we'll give our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. But for now, let's get on to the topic at hand. It is spring cleaning your finances like an adult. And Matt, it made me think of uh, the fact that right, your birthday only comes once a year. Your birthday uh, comes right around Christmas time. Mine comes yeah. two months later. But you know, no one's like- We're blind- winter babies. Yeah. N- no one's <laughs> blindsided or surprised by the fact that, oh, it's my birthday again? Wait, I forgot about that. Like it's, it's something that we look forward to. My wife, she even tends to celebrate- for like a full month. <laughs> it's not a birthday. It's like a birth-long month that she celebrates. What, so real quick, this is a tangent. Like, what do you think about multiple celebrations of one person's birthday? Because I'm going to reveal my cards. I hate it. I, <laughs> I like. I don't even like celebrating a birthday like not on the actual day. Like in my mind, if you can't have throw an actual party on your actual birthday because it's during the week. Well, I guess that year you don't get to have a big birthday. <laughs> oh, come on. What are you killjoy? And, and I feel like, okay, so the years where the, your birthday does happen to fall on a Friday or a Saturday, you go all out because guess what? It's your actual birthday. It lands on an actual weekend and a ton of folks can attend the party, but I'm sure that's just me being me. So Yeah. Uh, no, agree to disagree, Grinch. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but when that once a year day of joy arrives, which you should be joyous, even if it's a weekday, like go ahead and celebrate. And celebrate. Oh, you, can be, you can be joyous, but Whichever does that mean- Whichever day you choose, okay? <laughs> does that mean you also throw a party i've never understood strict adherence to the day like you know it's uh i don't get necessarily you know my wife's desire to celebrate all month long but um sometimes it's like all right that's that's a a long time um but (laughs) it's but having you know a couple celebrations and not having the actual day i'm good with it all right but um yeah so semi-rare events right uh we we don't forget about if they're good things but if these semi-rare events are annoying things or something that's like completely not fun 
we're, we're more likely to forget it, about it, or, or at least pretend that we forgot about it. Uh, kind of like how you, Matt, forget to go to the dentist. Um, you're, you're, you're less enthusiastic. You either don't, you know, you don't forget. I love going to the dentist. Do you? Like, yes, literally when I'm sitting there and they're, you know, they got their tools and blasting away stuff in my, in my mouth, I actually enjoy it. To me, it's almost like going to get a massage. Not quite as nice, but. What? Yes, 100%. It's not that I don't enjoy it. You are not. It's just, I just choose not to. I don't, I don't want to go because I don't want to pay for something that I don't necessarily need to do. Well, if it's soothing, I think maybe that's another reason to potentially pay for going. Oh, I'd rather pay for an actual massage, but <laughs> let's not talk about the dentist thing anymore, though, because okay. I've got enough hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, spring is here, right? And it's it's the kind of time of year that we do all sorts of things that we don't regularly do. Yeah. You, know, you pressure wash your house or you like dust off the fan blades. Whoever does that? Only in spring, right? That's true. <laughs> do we get around to dusting off the fan blades? And uh, there, there are all sorts of cleaning projects that you might be tackling right now that you're not even going to consider doing again until next spring. And so, yeah, today we're going to extend your spring cleaning list to your personal finances because there are a few tasks that they don't need to become ongoing obligations, things that you revisit once a week or even once a month. But yeah, we think that these things are going to help make your personal finances more manageable and whip them into better shape um, with some extra elbow grease that you can apply now and and really truly now is the time it's like the best time to kind of tackle some of these things that's right yeah and you know one of the reasons we are talking about this is because of the fact that our finances have just gotten so much more complicated uh than they used to be you know like we've got accounts everywhere like you might have multiple 401ks you might have multiple savings accounts and credit cards uh it could feel like that there's just too much going on and similarly it can be just like that with the stuff that you own it feels like the, the more stuff you have and the more complicated your life gets the more time that you're going to have to dedicate to keeping up with and maintaining your stuff uh basically i'm like i'm talking about cleaning here and just like it takes rolling up your sleeves in order to keep up with all your stuff the same is true when it comes to your financial health your financial hygiene you know to a certain degree is what we're talking about here we all wish that there's just like an easy button to push but there's going to be some manual labor involved but fortunately it's nothing that we all can't handle Uh, and so we'll spell out a number of different areas that you should pay special attention to in your personal finance is once a year uh, and now is the best time to make that happen that's right all right so first things first let's give our first tip uh, for spring cleaning maybe the the first area that you should address while you're doing this kind of personal finance deep dive and and the first thing really is to update your budget especially right now matt i'm given the recent inflation surge right i guess a good question for people to ask themselves is does my budget still hold water because depending on how you spend money in the specific categories where you direct most of your money each month, your your budget could still be mostly intact or it could be blown to smithereens. And so, yeah, ch- chances are if you haven't revisited your budget in the past 12 months, it, it needs at least some tweaking, but potentially even an overhaul. And that's that's got a lot to do with rising gas prices and rising prices at the grocery store. But it could also be you specific, right, that you've made significant changes uh, to your life over the past year too, and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with making changes and reallocating your dollars, but change your budget accordingly. You want to make sure it reflects kind of you know where your spending priorities lie now. And remember too, like budgets aren't a tool to deprive you from spending money on anything, right? We actually think that they exist to help you funnel money in the direction that you want it to go. Basically making sure that you're not frittering away your money and and helping to ensure that you actually accomplish those bigger goals that you've got. It's actually a tool to to funnel your dollars towards the things that make the most difference at the end of the day in your life. Yeah, totally, man. So you can ask yourself, do you still even like your budgeting system or or is it 
effective. If not, then this can be a great time to sign up for a new service uh, or even just to tweak your budget to better fit how you are currently interacting with it. Uh, and so like that can mean simplifying or maybe that could mean like having fewer categories in order to more quickly gauge what's happening with your money. Can I just say, I think sometimes that is something that can make a big difference for a lot of people. Like maybe you've gotten hyper specific and you're tracking every dollar across 45 different categories every single month. And if you simplify that to eight to 12, uh, maybe it makes it a whole lot easier for you to actually do that work and see where your money's going. Um, sure. Yeah. It's just a, a simpler budget can often be a better budget. Yeah, totally. If your current budget, it's not working for you. Maybe you've completely fallen off the wagon. Maybe you've abandoned it altogether. Then yeah, it could be totally worth attempting like a new method or a new system. Uh, honestly, sometimes it, it might even make sense just to pay for some of the different helpful uh, software out there that exists. Mint is free if you're looking just to track your spending, but YNAB, you need a budget. It's one of our favorites, uh, but it is going to cost you a little bit of money. But even still, since most YNAB users get more organized with their money uh, and they end up oftentimes saving a good bit more money because of it, it could absolutely be worth it. It's one of those instances where <laughs> paying for this one thing actually ends up netting you more money right. in the end. Yep. It's like if someone said, hey, will you pay 20 bucks to get an hour extra in your day? Everybody else gets 24 hours and you get 25. I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or specifically, would you be willing to pay $20 and then get $100 back? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, that's literally what this is. That's kind of the proposition with something like YNAB. And the great thing is, yeah, there's a, a free trial you can sign up for. Give it a shot. And if it works out for you, great. If it ends up to saving more money and just making your finances more manageable, awesome. If it doesn't, ditch it, right? Um, that's the great thing. You can do some trial and error. But finding a budgeting system that works for you is just like a perfect spring cleaning task. Like revisiting it, making sure that all the proper amounts are allocated to the proper areas and then making sure that the way you interact with your budget is not causing you too much stress. And, and uh, speaking of stress, Matt, I want to stress to people that, you know, it's not something you need to do every week or every month um, when you're updating your budget spreadsheets, right? If that's if that's how you handle things. The way you interact with your budget on a monthly basis should be minimal and it, should, it shouldn't take too long, right? Um, and I think you're, you do it every two weeks, basically. Is that correct? Yeah, I try to do like like every 10 days, basically. Okay. So that just makes it much easier, right? How much time do you spend Every every ten days, then. like uh, I don't know, it depends. <laughs> it depends ten, on ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, about okay. like fifteen minutes. So that's that's the thing. Like this is not some sort of task that we want to put on your plate in an ongoing way. We realize that revisiting your budget is a bigger task. But once it's done in the spring, it's like yeah, you don't have to think about it till next spring. Yeah, hopefully it's something that's a little more automated. And that's what is so great about some of these different apps or software that you can use is that it automatically imports a lot of your information for you, which can be helpful. But if you do like a little bit of resistance, if like in my case, I do actually like copying and pasting each individual purchase. And as I manually categorize it, it helps me to kind of feel what I'm spending, even though all of our expenses take place uh, you know, on a credit card in order to gain those rewards. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, once you have done the hard work, which I don't know, switching over to a new budgeting platform or rejiggering your budget to make it look different could take a couple hours even, right? This could take a significant chunk of your time. But the great thing is it's then then you're just in maintenance mode throughout the rest of the yes. year. And it's going to be just hyper simple, hopefully, for the next 12 months once you've put in that initial chunk of time. Uh, all right, we've got a bunch more spring cleaning tasks that we need to get to that are going to pay off in a big way that are going to help you interact with your personal finances so much better. We'll get to uh, all those tips right after this break.
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're back from the break. We're talking about spring cleaning your finances like an adult, Joel. And, you know, for the most part, we were just talking about... Kids don't know how to do that stuff. Kids, our, our kids have gotten... Man, you know, that's one of the cool things about having kids as they get older. There's more stuff they can do. You realize how much they are capable of. and Can they dust the fan blades, though? No, they can't reach that. But, man, like they... (laughs) Put them on a ladder and then they break their cranium. Not worth it. They know how to clear a table, though. Uh, Yeah. That has been sort of something new on our plate that, well, yeah, not not a pun. Quite literally, it's it's, it's new. Uh, They're clearing the table and getting it completely clean right before they get ready for bed. I love that. So, kids, they do know how to do some cleaning. But we're talking about our money. And I kind of want to shift gears a little bit now and talk about different ways we can get a little little more organized with our finances. 
And, you know, we were just talking with a listener out in Omaha and up until really recently, her main checking account, her main savings account as well. They were both with one of the big banks that, that, that pays virtually nothing in interest. And so listeners can probably guess how that made us feel. Real uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, it made us kind of angry, um, you know, like not at her, but just at the banks that pay you 0.01% in interest on your money. Uh, if you are in that same position, then it makes sense to finally set up a high interest savings account from one of our favorite banks like Ally or Discover or even Marcus. Uh, We've actually got a a good article up on the site that can walk you through setting up a new bank account and closing your old one. Um, And so we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah, no doubt. If you're still doing business with one of the big banks, and and let's say, Matt, a lot of those people, not only is it that they're not getting paid any money in interest on that account, but they might be charged some sort of monthly account fee. They might be paying (laughs) in order to have the privilege of accessing that account. Something like 12 to 15 bucks a month on top of other potential fees they might be incurring. And so it's like, no, 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 no. Time to ditch it. That's just one of those spring spring cleaning adulting moves that you should be doing. And I'll point out, and I will speak to this from experience, I think one of the reasons that folks don't do it is because they feel that they need to have access to a way to deposit cash. You don't need you, you don't need that. <laughs> right. Like first of all, how, like think about how Spend much it at the restaurant next time you go out yes, if you get it. Or you know? Next time you go to the grocery store, or just keep it in your sock drawer just so that you have a little bit of cash on hand for the you know the next time you need to pay somebody. Put it in your cash. mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, it's not like we're not talking. Of, we sh- you shouldn't have like thousands of dollars in cash here. We're talking about a very small amount of money. But don't let that keep you from closing one of those accounts. Yeah, exactly. And uh, okay, so speaking of multiple accounts, Matt, uh, another financial spring cleaning. Can conundrum is, is it's people might have multiple accounts scattered all over the web, right? And so um, they, they might have a couple hundred in one savings account and then maybe a thousand bucks over here sitting in this other one um, j- just because you're trying to maintain that minimum balance. Right. And so- <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 where I was before <laughs> right. I closed that account with Wells. I had like 1,500 bucks sitting there and I finally got, I mean- when we talked enough trash about it on, on the first several episodes of the show <laughs> that I felt some conviction early on in how to money, poor not poor, uh, during those days. But I thought, you know what? No, that's it. I'm Gotta, done yeah. with this. Never again. Never again. <laughs> well, and that, that's one of the things. Like, I think some people maybe have a well-thought-out system. They need multiple accounts because this is the way that they save the best. It kind of like creates like a firewall that prevents you from digging into your emergency fund too easily. And so if you have multiple accounts on purpose, that's okay. Like I, I bank with multiple online banks and I don't think of that as a big deal, but it, it is helpful, I think, uh, to simplify. And so, yeah, if you're having a, a tough time juggling, then yeah, moving everything into to one account um, can be helpful. And it can just lead to kind of more financial bliss in your life, more financial simplicity. Mm-hmm. And if if one of the things you're striving for is kind of the ability to have different buckets where you you, you put your money, um, but you have them with different bank accounts. Uh, you mentioned Ally, Matt. That's one of those banks that makes it easy to have different savings buckets, but still under the umbrella of one account. So you just log into one place, all your money's in one place, even though it's kind of being broken up into different yeah. spending areas. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've been with Ally for, for years now, and I've, I've referred to them before as like the Grand Central station like of my money, because it really is like the hub where funds go in, they, they go out, you know, make deposits in there, all of the different cash app, Venmo, you know, everything is linked to that account. Your and Vanguard account, your Fidelity account, all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. And when you have so many, you know, different accounts like that at play, you want to make sure that you've got a solid uh, online bank who's also paying a, a good amount of interest. Uh, and, you know, something else that's worth considering, too, is like combining 
retirement accounts, right? So aside from uh, making sure you're with a good high interest savings account, besides making sure that you're able to consolidate, you know, and that you, you don't have your money just scattered all over the place willy nilly. If you've got a, a lingering 401k, uh, an old retirement account from an old job, it might make sense to do a rollover. And if you're with one of the low-cost providers, now that you've been listening to How to Money for a minute, it's time to make sure that you aren't paying unnecessary fees on those old accounts either. Uh, it's not terribly difficult to initiate that rollover yourself, but if you want a little bit of hand-holding to guide you, you can also use a service like Capitalize, which is completely free to use, and we'll make sure to link to that resource in our show notes as well. Yeah, it's again, simplicity is nice. Having it all in one place is nice. But Matt, some people are paying potentially hundreds and hundreds of dollars in fees every year to invest. When If they literally just rolled it over to a low-cost provider, <laughs> they'd be cutting those fees, not in half, but they'd be going a whole lot further than yeah, that. Yeah, like slashing them by like 95%. <laughs> yeah, it really might be in some cases. So it's definitely worth looking into that. And, and yeah, Capitalize is cool because they'll basically help you do it for free. Um, we dig that service. All right, uh, let's let's keep talking about spring cleaning, Matt, and let's talk about debt for a second because depending on what stage of life our listeners are in and kind of where they're at in their personal finance journey, spring is just a great time to get refocused on getting rid of debt that you've been keeping around that's been lingering, just annoying you to death or gnawing at you. And yeah, whether it's a car loan, whether it's some credit card debt, now is the perfect time to form a plan of attack because. Yeah, you might be making the minimum payments, but you haven't been able to get past that point. Or maybe you're attempting to pay as much as you can each month, but you don't really have a well laid out plan. And so you find that you're not making as much damage uh, when it comes to that debt as you'd like. So it's important to start organizing your debts and create a debt payoff plan. And we talked about that in depth back in episode 159, but really you wanna list all of your debts in one place. And you can write this down on a sheet of paper, you can do it manually, the old school way, or you can do it in a more digital format. But yeah, looking at all of your individual debts, right? The interest rate for each one, it's important to write those out beside the debt and the amount that you owe. It can be kind of sobering. <laughs> it can kind of yeah. help you come to grips with how much you actually owe because right now you might be naively thinking that you don't owe as much as you actually do. And so it can just be the kick in the pants you need to get a plan of action together. So we'd say, yeah, look your debts straight in the face, make sure you um, account for them all in one place so that you can start to form a plan to help you get out of debt as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hate, I mean, I know that some folks are in a position where they are only able to make their minimum payments, but like the picture I have in my mind of, of someone making minimum payments is that they're just barely treading water. Um, like I picture someone out in the ocean and there's big waves coming and like they're only swimming just enough to keep their mouth like their nose and mouth above water mm -hmm. right and then the next time that next wave comes rolling in like they get a bunch of salt water you know up into their sinuses and it burns and they choke and <laughs> and it's a struggle yeah i hate that uh and, and so what we want folks to do is to have a plan and and that's you know in this analogy that's like facing outward where you can see the waves coming and when you see a bigger wave coming you're able to kick extra hard and you know you're able to maintain your head above water and not only are you able to swim like you're not just surviving you're not just like barely treading water you're like playing in the surf you know <laughs> you're like having fun in the ocean that's what it looks like to have a, a debt payoff plan uh, and another tool as well you mentioned joel like digital tools uh, or a digital format that can help you to tackle those debts undebt it it's a uh, undebt.it 
Undeadit. It's one of our favorite free online tools. And there you can decide whether you want to take the debt snowball approach or maybe the debt avalanche approach. We've talked about those on the show before, but quickly, this debt snowball, that's when you pay off the smallest balance and then you roll that payment into the next largest balance and you build from there. And that's really for psychological effect more than anything Absolutely, else. Absolutely, which is really, really important. We're not yep. going to downplay the importance of that. But then if you find yourself drawn to the debt avalanche approach, that's when you are focusing on the largest interest rate. Uh, and regardless of the size of the loan, you are only really looking at the numbers. You're Basically, maximizing. Yeah. You're a math nerd. That's what you want to <laughs> maximize. <laughs> exactly. And you are part robot as well, <laughs> because it takes a lot of discipline and sticking to the numbers if you want to go the avalanche route. But personally, we prefer the hybrid approach, which Undeadit calls the debt hybrid naturally. <laughs> but a tool like this can help you to formulate that plan that you've avoided up until this point. We want you to, yeah, we, we don't want you to, to be barely treading water. We want you out there having fun in the ocean. Like so much so, like where you are in charge of the situation that you might even choose to dive into the water. <laughs> like, you, like, and those might be instances where... You'll pet a manatee or something. <laughs> uh, or if it's a big enough wave and you're like, you know what, I'm, I've got to go through the wave this time. I don't know if this metaphor extends, but <laughs> like that might be a situation where you choose to take on some debt, but you, you know and that you are capable of handling that debt, and you yeah. are going to use it in a wise way. Sometimes that's what life entails. Yeah, and, and I think you know, let's say you're already on a debt payoff journey, right? Like you you have a plan and you're on your way somewhere. Well, yeah, if you're climbing your way out of debt, now is a great time to ask yourself, how much progress have I made? It's a good time to check in and see like if you're crushing it or, or if you're doing it as quickly as you'd hoped, and if not. Uh, Spring is a perfect time to recommit to something and maybe even to come up with a new plan to crush it. Maybe you got a raise at work or maybe you actually can't afford to, to toss as many dollars at that debt as you were able to on the last plan that you had like basically committed to. And so you're bummed. And so you've kind of let that plan lapse. Well, now is the time to create a new one, right? And I think of spring, Matt, as a time for, for fresh starts. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and if people need actually a little bit extra of a pick-me-up when it comes to like their debt payoff journey... Uh, it, I would say go back and listen to Monday's episode. How motivational oh, yeah. was it to hear Nasima's story? Nasima McElroy. Yeah, and just her ability <laughs> to to stick with it despite all those setbacks and her ability to pay off such a large amount of debt. Like, if, if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. But yeah, if you're kind of feeling like, oh, I can't do it, um, hearing her story, I think, is that perfect, like, uh, kick in the butt <laughs> to keep going. Yeah, and what's crazy, too, is she didn't even, like, share all the details from her story. Uh, I mean, she mentioned... Yeah, there was more there. Yeah, she mentioned a divorce, but she had two divorces, unfortunately, where she was in difficult financial positions. And even still, she is prevailing. She is crushing it when it comes to the different money goals that she's getting after. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, th those are some tips when it comes to debt. But we wanted to mention two. This is like a little bit more of a nerdy spring cleaning task. Uh, and this has to do with security. Because I think one of the things that's easy to overlook, you know, with our overly complicated and virtual financial lives is our passwords. And so whether that's a weak password, maybe it's a password that that we use for all of our accounts, or, or maybe that we just need to organize uh, the password protected document that has all of your passwords on it. Uh, all of these things are important to consider, and these are all great things to do. I'll say that we're not cybersecurity professionals here, but making sure that you've got proper passwords is really important when it comes to protecting those all-important bank and investing account logins. You don't want to see your funds getting siphoned off just because you had one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that person. One uh, as your password. I need to get better with my passwords, too. I'll readily admit it, but they're not as bad as you described. Okay. I at least have like... <laughs> 
<laughs> numbers and letters and uppercase and lowercase and yeah. symbols. Okay, so you got to do it. It's not. I'm not the worst. But you can you can pay. Uh, you can get more bells and whistles with some sort of password manager. You can offer something like LastPass or One Password. Those are those are both well reviewed. They're worth looking into. But there are also like free password managers that that are also worth looking into. Uh, like Google Password Manager, I think is is a good tool for a lot of people. That's kind of the one that that I opt for. It's um, as long as your Google password. Or your Gmail it's password is like super, super strong. Yes. It's okay. It's all of your other accounts. And they have the also. one password to rule them all. <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, but if you're looking right. for one of those more secure password managers, Bitwarden is is consistently well-reviewed. And it's a free option. We'll, we'll link to, to those in our show notes too. But yeah, this is a spring cleaning task that's worth jumping on because yeah, what protecting the assets that you've worked hard to squirrel away is crucial. And it's one of those things that you don't really ever think to do. But if you set aside 20 or 30 minutes to implement a password manager, it can make your life easier <laughs> throughout the year on the web. It can also just provide you that peace of mind to know that my accounts are secure <laughs> where I've got lots of money stored away, you know, as I'm pursuing financial independence and getting better with my money. That's right. Yeah. And so as we're talking about security, let's uh, kind of shift over to physical documents as well. We're not talking about virtual only. We're talking about actual paper because you might be holding on to a whole lot of old statements or documents that you don't need that might even have sensitive personal information on it. So we think that right now is a great time to have a shredding party because, uh, you know, you can just take those documents, you can digitize some of that paperwork that you need, uh, or like there's a lot of it too that you can just get rid of altogether. Is that, is that how you celebrate your weekday birthdays, Matt? Is it shredding parties? <laughs> You're like, well, I can't have friends over, so uh, I'm going to shred old documents. You, you would be surprised at it. how much I do enjoy <laughs> shredding and getting rid of old documents. I believe it. Although with a baby uh, one of my favorite things to do as well is just to crumple something up and throw it and tuck it into a dirty diaper and, <laughs> and steal it off because dude nobody is going to go in there yeah. it's disgusting uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's one way to get rid of those documents that have <laughs> sensitive information. That's true. I, I do that with credit cards, too. But this will help you to have less junk in your house. You know, that's taking up space that you could use in a better way as well. So, for instance, if you're keeping paper mortgage statements, stop it. Just make sure that you're getting a digital copy instead. Tax documents. Uh, instead, you can just keep a password-protected digital copy of each return. I actually also keep a folder with important tax documents like W-2s, 1099s, different IRS forms like that. Uh, if you, let's say you have a paper copy of a paid off loan, that's something that you definitely want to make sure that you keep a record of. But digital copies of tax returns of different statements and receipts will suffice even during an audit. Uh, that's according to the IRS. And so keep that in mind. There are different free apps out there that make this easier as well. Personally, I I have an old point-and-shoot camera <laughs> uh, that I keep that I don't use anymore for personal reasons, but I always keep in my, my, my documents drawer where I used to keep documents, but instead I just keep uh, documents for a little bit, and then at the end of the month I snap pictures of everything because I'm able just to pop, 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 like burn through every single one of those, and then periodically I upload those up onto the computer, create a backup. I've got digital copies of everything. That way I don't keep all of these unnecessary receipts and statements and documents around, but let's say that you don't have a point-and-shoot laying around what you've got you got your smartphone it is so easy for you to use some of the different free apps like adobe scan where you're able to easily digitize these receipts these statements uh, you can use google drive where it has the feature for you to be able to snap these shots and upload them to specific folders but we 
want you to get organized. We want you to declutter and to make your personal finance documents more secure. That's right. Yeah. And you don't have to have just like reams and reams of paper hanging around your house with statements from old accounts that you don't even have anymore. Or I think sometimes people people over, they hoard <laughs> these financial documents and there's a way to consolidate. A lot of those things can don't even have to be digitized. They can literally just be shredded. Make sure you know which ones you can and should keep yeah. and digitize those. Like don't get rid of like your kids' birth certificates <laughs> or your social security card, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of those documents can uh, be become digital and there's no need to hold on to the paperwork. And while you're getting rid of some of that old paperwork, I think you know one more good financial spring cleaning thing is to uh, yeah get rid of some of your unused possessions too. And you know, we talked about that actually at the beginning of the year a little bit. We're, we're doing a, a sell your stuff challenge. Matt and I are participating along with like hundreds of other listeners. But we, we would encourage you to find things around your house that you no longer need or use. This is a uh, literal <laughs> spring cleaning that can actually bring some some money, some greenbacks back into your life. And so there's just no better time because you're already pulling things out from the attic or from the basement, right? That you haven't seen um, in months and months and months. And now is the perfect time to start listing that stuff, getting rid of it before it clutters your house even more. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I've been on a roll over the past month. I've sold, okay, so I haven't sold a ton of stuff where I've like brought in a lot of money. I, I mean, like, so, so far this month, I've made a little under 400 bucks, mm. which is pretty good, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but the biggest difference that I've seen is the quantity, just like the bulkiness of the crap that I've we've been able to get out of our lives, specifically furniture. Like we've sold a couple chairs, a couple desks, just some of these bigger items. Dude, that feels so stinking good yeah. to, to get rid of some of that stuff. And, and just for some of that stuff to go to somebody who's going to put it to use instead of it just sitting around. Languishing in, in your attic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully that can be some uh, inspiration and some encouragement for folks out there. But we have a few other spring cleaning tasks to get to. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money 
I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, let's keep going, Matt. Spring cleaning your finances like an adult. And let's, uh, you know, we've got maybe just some more like mental um, financial projects that you need to take on too. And the, to declutter your mind. <laughs> yeah, we had like just a lot of physical Dr. tasks. Strange style. Just now. But yeah, let's let's talk about some stuff that people can do like up in the brain that's going to make some, some a difference moving forward with their personal finances. Does it involve gummies? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. That's <laughs> uh, good. But one thing is to rethink goals. And again, just kind of like inflation has changed our budgets in a lot of ways. COVID has kind of changed maybe what we want out of life. Like a lot of people have pivoted in meaningful ways to a new career, to a a new place to live. Um, Just The the amount of hours that they're willing to work or the amount of time they're willing to spend in the car. (laughs) Whether they're willing to go back in the office or not. And uh, a lot of us have different desires or our desires have at least been clarified in a different way than maybe like we felt two years ago or two and a half years ago, whatever it was. And honestly, you know, I would have told you that you were crazy if you had told me some of the changes that that we've been making in our lives as a mm-hmm. family that we would have been doing that i think COVID has been hard but it's had some good changes for our fam and so yeah the spring cleaning task really here is to do some deep thinking whether by yourself or with your partner and that can lead to reimagining of what you want to accomplish and where where you want to live or you know what you want to be doing over the next 12 months and beyond this little brainstorm session can just go like such a long way towards giving you new things to strive for and these changes they don't have to be huge they can be small they don't have to be these massive upheavals to your life it's not like we're moving to the bahamas or we're buying a private island like these can be tiny changes that actually do end up having a significant impact and and spring is the perfect time to start having those important conversations around your future you know in your in your monthly money chats with your partner these are not the kind of things that are going to come up every time so finding that intentional time to spend together if you you know if, if you have a significant other now is a great time to do that or, or if you if you're flying solo it's it's a great time to kind of rethink like where am i heading and why and is this what i want or what shifts do I need to make in the coming year in order to get to where I actually want to be? Yeah, I think in our culture, so little time is given to hitting pause, stepping back from, you know, the game of life, basically, mm-hmm. and thinking through what game do I want to play? Like, right. like what goals am I actually striving after? And I think that's something we all need to do a little bit more. And, you know, as you do that, I think this can also include reassessing just some of your spending habits. Uh, I saw that one in three consumers, they say that they're tempted to spend more this time of year, just thanks to the fact that the days are longer and there's more sunlight, right. which is pretty crazy. I to, get it. Like, to, it's to like, all through. right, I'm going to go get a beer with a friend because, <laughs> you know, on the porch of my favorite bar, because the sun's still that, out. I guess that's true. And, it's nice. um, and honestly, you know, like, like 
like there's still a lot of pent up consumer demand. So we're all likely going to see more dollars flying around this spring anyway. Or, you know, you might find yourself in a situation where habits have crept up into your life in the past year that you're just not fond of. You know, you're not proud of these different expenses that are now a part of your monthly budget. You might be spending your dollars too readily on stuff that just isn't moving the needle for your happiness. And by the way, we're also, we're not against buying stuff. We actually, uh, back in episode 167, we dedicated an entire episode uh, that was talking about the pros and cons of like stuff over experiences yep. or vice versa. And everybody says experiences are way more valuable. And we actually came down somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, I feel like like we often do. Like we're not going to, you know, swing to the, the the extremes. We want you to be nuanced, and we want you to think through it. Uh, like what makes sense for you, and, and it's the right possessions. I think making making a concerted effort to buy the right things and not just accumulating more and more of everything. Yeah, and there isn't a right thing across the board. Right. It's the right thing for you. Exactly. Because for one person, the right thing might be, I don't know, like uh, spending a little bit more, more on their house. Uh, but then for somebody else, it might be like spending more on a fancy watch. And the house guy is going to be like, okay, watch dude over there. He's totally <laughs> wasting a ton of money. But watch dude might be like, oh my gosh, man, like think about all your the ad- additional ridiculous. expenses that go into you having to keep up your house. That is foolish. It depends on you and your situation. But again, this is just such a great time to take a look at where your dollars are going and just make sure it reflects your personal larger goals. Another quick example, let's say you really want to resume international travel in a big way this year. If so, you might be closer to that than you think with just a few well-placed cuts uh, in your budget. But that's going to mean doing some diagnosis, doing a little, little bit of personal finance surgery. Oh, is, give me that personal finance scalpel, Matt. <laughs> it's going to mean you just thinking about where your money is going and not just automatically spending. That's right. And, okay, so another another good thing to tackle this time of year, spring cleaning, when we're talking about planning ahead, is thinking ahead to some expenses that you know are coming on the horizon. They might be a ways off, and you kind of want to assume or, or pretend that they're not going to they're not going to happen in the near future. But got your head in the sand a little bit. Exactly. But you want to be prepared. And so yeah, we we actually Matt, we spoke on a financial webinar recently for an advertising agency. And one of the questions from someone who worked there was, it was about saving for a move that was 18 plus months in the future. They Mm -hmm. were like, it might be a year and a half. It might be two years from now, but I know I'm going to move. And he was like, should I even bother saving for that now? Or should I just like wait till later? And we were like, yeah, yeah, you should totally be thinking about that now and be saving money now. Because the earlier you start saving for a bigger expense, the easier it is to afford it. Yep. Right? You start saving fifty bucks a month for that move now, and um, you're 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 going to be way ahead of the game. You probably mm-hmm. don't even need that much. Like, say, start saving twenty twenty five bucks a month right now, and uh, yeah, it, it, then it barely makes a dent in your monthly budget. It barely even cramps your style. But not planning ahead leads to some serious stress, and it might even mean going into debt to pay for something like a move. So now is the perfect time to start planning ahead and saving for upcoming expenses that maybe aren't happening next month or three months from now, but maybe six months or a year from now. Like yeah. Start thinking ahead, create those sinking funds so you can start funneling money in that direction. Even Christmas. <laughs> you can start your Christmas sinking fund now if yeah. you haven't yet. It's the perfect way to make sure that you don't go into debt come November, December when you're buying presents for everyone you love. Exactly. I think the best time to start those holiday gift funds uh, is in January. Yeah. <laughs> so that you have the entire year. Exactly. We want you to get on the front end of that spending and not basically be playing catch up the entire following year because you've gone into debt. And you know, to that specific question that we were asked, it's just funny because I think oftentimes we can be maybe even 
even a little bit embarrassed by like the nerdery uh, you know <laughs> like like it's like oh my gosh is is that's just over the top right like it's just kind of ridiculous for me to start saving for something that's that far in advance and no like this is total this is part of being an adult basically that's something that we should wear as a badge of honor we have a plan you know like like it's so, sort of like going back to the um, you know swimming out in the ocean analogy it's it's just looking out and having a plan and seeing what's coming at you a little bit and preparing in advance a little bit that way you're not scrambling at the last minute those are the kind of steps and decisions that it takes to be I, I think a responsible uh, adult when it comes to your finances and you know while we're talking about what we're spending our money on it's important to consider how it is that you're spending that money as well because the credit cards that you use can have a pretty significant impact on your personal finances uh, so part of spring cleaning your finances should probably include optimizing for the cash back and for the rewards that you're eligible for of course if you've had issues with overspending then this is probably one of those spring cleaning tasks that we're going to recommend you skip yeah. at least for now if credit cards are not good in your life then don't get more <laughs> yeah that, that shouldn't be something you consider but we always want to ensure that you're paying your balance on time in full each month but if that's not a struggle of yours we want you to consider the different credit cards that you could put to use uh and just very practically speaking like maybe that means just you labeling uh some of those different credit cards to make sure that you're using the right ones in the right spot right because some of the different cards they've got different categories where <laughs> where they pay more guess what anytime i go to the grocery store i always use the the amex blue cash preferred because that's the card that i get six percent on you're not going to catch Kate or I using any other card uh, at Aldi specifically. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Maybe that's just simply using a Sharpie and writing on the card where you want to use it. Or another thought, like, think: are you about to drop a big deposit on a summer Airbnb? Well, if so, you might be able to snag a credit card bonus, you know, that, that welcome reward uh, gift, <laughs> whatever they call it, in one fell swoop. Uh, we want you to not let some of these opportunities uh, slip through the cracks. Yeah, spring cleaning your finances means... Some optimization. That's kind of what we're talking about in so many exactly. ways, right? Yep. Simplicity and optimization. And and let's say, yeah, with your credit card, if you're like been using one that doesn't pay good rewards, most of the places you shop, like just getting a general 2% cash back card, the Fidelity or the City Double Cash, like those are great cards um, just for everyday spenders if you don't want to think about it. Yeah, or if, you, if you don't want to have the multiple categories and you just want to get super simple with it, at yeah. least you should at least be earning 2% back. But if you want to optimize even more, we've got an article on, on the site that'll kind of help you figure out which credit cards are best for how you spend. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. But it's helpful, yeah, if <laughs> a few percent in each of these categories can mean hundreds of dollars in, in you know free money, basically at the end of the year just for spending on a credit card instead of on your debit card. Yeah, and it, it makes it more fun too, right? Like, like, it's kind of like a game. Yeah, it's kind of like a game. Honestly, it makes me think a lot about like fantasy, like like fantasy sports because it's just a way that you can sort of hack the system. That's right. And you've got players from all over, you know, all over the league on your team and it makes you more cognizant of those games or those matches that are going yeah. on because you want to see them do well. I'll be honest, fantasy baseball made baseball way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually made it worthwhile to maybe even watch a game that you wouldn't otherwise. wasn't your home team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the same thing can be true when it comes to your spending with credit cards because you, you you think, well, before you wouldn't even give it any sort of thought, but now you're kind of thinking through the strategy in different uh, ways. 6% over here, 4% <laughs> over here, and 2% everywhere else. And, and it just puts you, yeah, it makes you kind of a little more excited about you're more aware the of methodology. It. Yep. Um, all right. Another spring cleaning task we 
got just a couple more left for you. Checking your insurance coverage. And yeah, do you have enough of it? I'm talking health insurance, life insurance, car, home, renters, all the above. The good thing is that you know our favorite types of insurance are generally pretty inexpensive. I mean, health insurance is expensive for basically mm, everyone, yeah. <laughs> but most of those other ones are cheap. So yeah, if you're renting and you don't have renter's insurance, that's a terrible move. That's like one of the most affordable insurances that, yeah. they, that you can get. And it's so incredibly risky. It puts all of your possessions yeah. at risk if you don't have it. And you can get renter's insurance in like the $15 a month yeah. range, right? <laughs> so it's not it's not going to set you back in a big way. Um, same thing if you have anyone that depends on your income. If you have a long-term partner, a spouse, some kiddos, you know, what would they do in the event of your death? I know it's a fun topic to talk about, right? Your your eventual death, but you need life insurance um, for your loved ones. And and the great thing is that term life insurance is the best option for almost everyone, and it's super cheap. And we've got an article about that too. We'll put in the show notes. But we talked about being underinsured back in episode two thirty three. So yeah, check that out if you need more insurance guidance. But the, the spring, the uh, you know the spring cleaning adulting move is to rethink your insurance. Do I have enough coverage? Do I even have the life insurance product that I actually need? And it's one of those things that most people throughout the year they don't want to do but in the spring cleaning mode you'll get it done just pointing out that you said adulting i thought we might be able to get through the entire episode without saying (laughs) without using it as a verb joel fail yeah it's okay (laughs) hashtag joel fail (laughs) (laughs) which i'm using the hashtag ironically as well (laughs) don't worry everybody you know like generally speaking here we're making like some broad recommendations here but the fact is that it's going to come down to the specific and the personal areas where you need to dust out the cobwebs and to wipe down the dirt, you know, of your personal finances. Like we should all be able to pinpoint, you know, like that one area that we just dislike more than others. Uh, and so we continue to, we hit the snooze button on it. We hit the, uh, remind me later, <laughs> uh, button. it's like my software updates on the computer where I'm constantly like, remind me tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but you know, like we've built up this habit of misbehavior essentially uh and like essentially this is inertia bias and it keeps us from doing these sorts of boring tasks that we know we need to do but we just haven't yet we're kind of like stuck in a rut and we want to shake you out of that rut yeah so for instance matt just one of these spring cleaning things that i'm doing for my own personal finances tell me about specifically for my rental property portfolio is switching over to an actual software that helps me manage those rental properties and so i'm kind of like (laughs) flying by the seat of my pants and i use to like list those properties, but I'm like, you know what? This is the year I get organized. And so there's a, a, a free software called Avail and I'll, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes too, but I, I really like what they're doing. It makes it easy for, for small time mom and pop landlords like you and me and uh, mm-hmm. to, to list their property and then to, to find tenants and then to manage it really more than anything. It's, it's, you know, submitting tickets for things that are going wrong with the property, something that needs to be done. And to me, it's like, all right, if I get everything in one place, how much easier is my life going to be throughout the year as, as a landlord? So yeah. it, it's one of those things, just like all these other things, it's like the, these tasks that might take a little bit of time now are going to pay dividends, time dividends and money dividends throughout the year. So don't leave them on the table get them done. Uh, you know, not everyone has to do every single one of these spring cleaning <laughs> tasks, but you know, picking out a few, at least, uh, this spring, maybe a few next spring and getting started. It's like, really, they're going to have a big impact on your ability to make progress. All right. You said you're going to do it. I'm going to hold you accountable. Avail. It's happening, man. Right. No, I've already signed up. I remember account. you mentioning I'm cozy. Starting. I'm starting like, like last year, a couple years ago, <laughs> cozy sold to apartments.com and now is kind of, it kind of went off the rails. Not nearly as good as yeah. it used to be. And so you're right. Um, but I have already signed up for the avail account. I'm already on my way towards that micro 
description. You know, the best way to uh, check items off your to-do list is to add items that you've already done. So <laughs> <laughs> I salute you, sir. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get back to the beer, Joel, that you and I enjoyed this episode. We each had a Saison Dupont. And this is an unfiltered Belgian farmhouse ale. I got to say, they've got one of the most like awesome labels like the can art for this thing i don't so know if, i don't know if it's always been like this looks like a soccer jersey yes yeah but like a european soccer jersey exactly. because it's like it's kind of written on a diagonal a little bit it's kind of got like this golden white checkered action going on against this hunter green it's so cool looking it totally does like the dupont it's like a little crest Logo, like a yeah. seal uh-huh. it really does look like a like a soccer or football jersey also it kind of reminds me have you ever played the game mealborn before no it's like this uh it's a european drive i think it's like a it's, it's either german or a belgian card game but it's like a driving game so mealborn it's like i think it stands for a thousand miles and the point is is to get a thousand miles but anyway oh, it, interesting the old cool. school artwork for it like there's newer versions of it uh, that don't look nearly as cool but if you get the version that was uh created and designed in like the 60s you know like during the 60s and 70s like the heyday of graphic design it reminds me a lot of this label but what were your thoughts on the flavor yeah well the taste of the beer you're, you're talking about classic i'm a fan of classic i'm a fan of you know um classic styles of classic literature and classic beers and i feel like this is the most classic saison out there right saison classic stash. classic classic it's farmhouse style yeah <laughs> so this fits my mold of stuff yeah, that yeah. i'm into and it's it's flavorful while having this like nice dry finish uh going with it and so it's got a little bit of a funk but it's one of those beers where it's like man i could i you know i, I am in a mood for a good saison mm-hmm a fair amount of the time, but I rarely have Saison's on hand for some reason. And now I'm like, okay, all right, Saison DuPont needs to become like a fridge staple because it's got delicious flavors. Um, this, this classic Saison vibe without being overwhelming. So I dug it. Yeah. Coupled with those Belgian yeasts, yes. right? Because like, I feel like a, a typical Saison farm slash farmhouse, it has a certain flavor characteristic, but when you make it a Belgian style, it, it has a different flavor profile. It's got more of like the clove and banana flavors going on uh, and a little bit sweeter, I think as well. But that being said, I think it makes it... This is like the perfect kind of beer for a really good pizza. Yeah. Like if you've oh got a, a gosh, pizza yeah. that's got a little bit of heat specifically, having a beer like this that has some of that uh, sweetness and a little bit of that weediness just pairs so well with a, a really good pizza like that especially one with like some of those like some like spicy peppers on there or yeah. some like spicy uh like salami or and you don't some... want an ipa with pizza i found especially no not with oh, pepperoni yeah, yeah. Pizza. you don't want bitterness no uh, this is what yes. you want this or like like, a, like even a, just like classic lager would be good lager, too. or like a wine stefaner uh, yeah. like a like a european wheat that uh, works too yeah all those kind of beers really good with a quality pizza no doubt all right that's going to do it for this episode for folks who want the show notes the links to all the stuff we mentioned we'll put those in our show notes right. up on our site a lot at money.com a lot of resources that we mentioned during this episode yep. we will include all of those and joel that's going to be it buddy until next time best friends out best friends out it's brand new season two I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 